good to see you all. I always find it strange that your uh, pulpit is so far this side. And I have to feel I have to keep walking like this to talk to you over here. So I'm not going to talk to you today. Um, do you know, um, where are we? Oh, I've lost him. The worship group, you picked a song this morning. Um, Lord, I come before your throne of grace. This is not the sermon. Oh, there you are, I see you. Wow, thanks. I, I went to sleep singing that song because it was one of our bedtime songs for my children when we used to put the children to bed. Why? Well, 60, it's, it's 16 years ago that we learnt that song as a family. And it carried us through a time that was dark and difficult. And we were uncertain of an outcome, but we were praying like crazy for a specific outcome. My wife was pregnant with twins, and we had found out that one of the twins was not going to survive the birth, because he had a liver tumour the size of a tennis ball. And we prayed and we prayed. And the worship group, I was at Sheringham Baptist Church at that time, taught us that song, Faithful God. So unchanging, Faithful God. And we clung to it, we clung to our Faithful God. And we had to say, do you know the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, don't you? And they wouldn't bow down to the idol or they wouldn't bow down and pray to King Nebuchadnezzar's statue, would they? And the penalty was that if you don't bow down and pray to my statue when you hear the trumpet sound, then you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And of all the people in the, on the plaza of worship, three stood, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And of course... Uh, the king's word was final in those days and it couldn't be revoked you know the story the furnace was heated seven times hotter uh, than it normally would be and King Nebuchadnezzar said to them will you bow and worship my statue and they said no okay we serve one God we serve the maker of heaven and earth. They didn't say these words, but that, I'm sure that was in their hearts. And whatever you decide to do to us, O King, our God is able to save us. But, even if he doesn't, O King, let it be known to you that we will not worship your gods, because our God is God. Now, do you know, I can't give an answer for this. Why is it that sometimes we pray and we pray and we call and we call and we call on the name of the Lord? And the very thing we're asking for, it don't come into being. And we don't understand. And we wrestle uh, with why, God? Maybe we shouldn't ask the why questions, but we'll find out one day. God is still God. God is God on the mountains, he's God in the valley. If he's not God in the valley, then he's not God at all. We prayed, and I have to say, this is a triumphant story. Eli was born 
and he was born alive. He was born yellow, nearly as green as your uh, fluorescent uh, uh, leaflets this morning. Next Friday is his 16th birthday. He's, he's this big. He's bigger than me, I'd like to say. He's as slim as me, but he's like a beanpole. We were t- he mustn't play contact sports. Instead of going to sixth form this year, he's been signed with Norwich City Football Club as their goalie. <laughs> we decided, you know, that's his passion. Let's not wrap him in cotton wool. Let's trust the Lord. And if he, if he takes a blow and is injured doing what he has a passion to do and he feels a calling to do, then just let it be. Now I'm very conscious when you share a story like that, there's other people sitting there saying, I haven't had the same outcome. Nor have we. Child number two. I have four, four children, but we had five. Our second child died. And again in that situation we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And we felt crushed. We felt abandoned. We felt rejected. We felt as if the light had gone and we were in darkness. But just as a matter of discipline, I can't say with any heart feeling at all, but as a matter of discipline, we decided we will still walk with God and God is still God. I don't like you very much at the moment, God, but you're still God. He never replaced that child that was lost. But he did a work in our hearts that brought us nearer to him again. And we walk as people with pain in our lives, but we walk as people with hope in our lives. What is my hope? My hope is founded in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13, that one day the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return again in glory with the uh, shout of the archangel and the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first then we who are alive will be caught up to be with them in the air and then we will be with the Lord forever oh hallelujah what a day of reunion for all of God's people to be reunited in the presence of God I don't believe on that day I will see a little baby I believe I will see one that has grown and thrived in the presence of God. That put darkness to flight. You see, we don't just live for now, do we? We think this is... I struggle with this. I saw somebody cut an oak tree down once and I thought, well, you can count the rings. And I thought, I'll go and have a look. I gave up, it's too difficult. There were hundreds of them. This oak tree must have been several hundred years old. And I thought, you know what? There are trees out there that were planted before I was born and they're going to be there long after I'm gone. There was things happening before me. There'll be things happening after me. I can't believe that. I thought I was the centre of it all. But we're not, are we? Hey. God's work, his plan, his love is so much bigger than the span of our earthly living. 
We sang uh, uh, one of the songs, uh, giving praise for the life that's been reborn. Have you been reborn today? Have you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because in doing so, you have been reborn. The spirit man, shall we say, within you has come alive and you truly live to the Lord. That living is for eternity that Jesus Christ won upon the cross of Calvary. Your eternal living doesn't begin the day you die. It actually began 2,000 years ago upon the cross of Calvary. What a wonderful saviour we've got, haven't we? And we're a people that live at the moment when we're ushered into eternity. I think all the problems and questions of this life will fall away. But for now we are a people. A people who know that we love the Lord and we should love him a whole lot more that he's faithful he never sleeps he never slumbers he watches over us continually he's a faithful God he talked about the promises of God they're all yes and amen to his people he longs to bless and love he longs to walk closely with us not at a distance seated upon the throne just thinking I wonder what they'll make of it down there no! He left the glory of heaven. He came as Christ, in, in, a, in, in the form of man as Christ Jesus, went back to heaven and said, it's good that I go. Because when I go back, I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send the very Spirit of God to come and live within you. And we become the temples of the living God. Why ever would he choose me? I haven't got a clue why he'd choose you. But, uh, but he does. But he does. He loves us warts and all. Treasure in clay jars. So people know that the Lord is near you. Uh, that all comes out of that song. For some, for me, it reminds me of a triumphal experience through prayer and faith in the Lord. It also reminds me of the pain when it seems my prayer wasn't answered but my continuing walk with God proves that God never left me. Never left. And when we feel far away from him and we journey back to him sometimes that journey and back happens very very quickly and all of a sudden can I promise you this he does restore the years that the locusts have eaten and what I've found in my walk with God is he doesn't restore you to the point you left off but the painful experience and the darkness brings me back as a different person to God and he take, brings me back and he restores me but he restores me having moved on on the journey with him changed I'm chaplain at the North Norwich Hospital and we're finding the situations that we're dealing with there are becoming more and more difficult I don't know your story so I, I, 
I'm going to say something, but I, I, I hope it doesn't hurt anybody in the church. But I want to mention this for your prayer. We are seeing an increase of call to ministry to people who have attempted suicide and failed. That, the, the number of that is growing so rapidly you wouldn't believe it. And to go to somebody's bedside and say, we hear you've had a terrible experience. And for them to say, I just don't want to be here. And we sit and we minister. Try and minister the peace of God and bring some hope. Will you pray for that hospital? Actually, not the hospital. Can you pray for what seems to be a spirit of suicide over our nation at the moment? Get your armour on, saints. Begin to stand and to pray. Declare life over our nation. Declare hope in the name of Jesus. Declare that those who are held in darkness have had a light shine upon them. All they need to do is open their eyes and they'll be given sight. Can you pray for the healing of broken hearts? Today you've all gone quiet. I really think you'll do that. Now we're going to preach to you my sermon this morning. I'm not going to make it any longer ready than it needs to be. <clears throat> You've had a Bible reading from the book of Chronicles. The old lady at Sheringham Baptist used, Sheringham Baptist Church used to say, from the book of Chronicles. <laughs> she used to call the book of Malachi the book of Malachi. I don't think it's Malachi. I think it's true. <laughs> Uh, uh, we've had a reading from the book of Chronicles um, it's chapter 4 gosh if ever you wanted to get to sleep at night try and read the first 8 chapters of Chronicles better than a Mogadon really you know I should be oh, careful don't stand too close because when he smites me you might get it but uh, no it's one of those passages of the scripture it's really boring it's got words in you can't say. I mean, you said Jabez. I've been saying Jabez and thinking I'm Irish. And I've read the, and the Hebrew says it's Yabetz. Jabez, Jabez. Yabetz. I, call it, or I bet even that's wrong. I bet it, Yabetz or something. It's Hebrew, isn't it? Here's a man with a funny name in the book of Chronicles. <coughs> but before we get to him, I want to remind you book of Chronicles it is written to a people uh, the people of God who were adulterous to God so he let them be taken into exile and they didn't think they were going to be in exile for very long they've got all these kind of prophets saying I was still right, we'll only be here a few years just uh, hang on in there and he sent the prophet Jeremiah to them and Jeremiah comes and says no, 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 no they're, they're not prophesying what God says I've got a prophecy for you. Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah 29. Now, I'm sorry, if you like to claim this promise for yourself, you've got to get it in setting. 
the word of the Lord comes through Jeremiah to a people of God that have just been taken into exile settle down build houses plant gardens get married have children and pray for the peace of where you are because you're going to be here a long time this generation that's been adulterous is not coming back to Jerusalem I'm waiting for a new generation to come 70 years 70 years they were in exile and Nehemiah asked can I I go back to Jerusalem O king and see what it's like and it's in disrepair can I rebuild the walls of Jerusalem or will you send some of us back and the king says very well basically your exile's over return and they rebuild the walls and you know all of that story and then there's a day when everybody's gathered and Ezra stands up oh do you know what I would hate to have had a two year old in that day because everybody in Israel all of God's people are called together because Ezra's going to read the whole of the law to them and everybody has to gather from the oldest to the youngest stand still Ezra's reading the law but mum it's been four hours and I'm really fed up you know book of Chronicles, it's written to remind the people that were in exile of the promise that we like to claim but 70 years later and thinking back all through it but I have plans for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future and the chronicles of King David of King Solomon of the temple and the priesthood are are read to the people again to remind them of God's faithfulness if you look in the book of Kings or the two books of Kings the two books of Chronicles you've got a lot of the same stories again it's not repetition for the sake of repetition you see if we were to look at the book of Kings we would find an overriding message in there and that message is that sin leads to defeat it removes us from God's protection that's bad news for me because I'm not a good boy sin leads to defeat oh if that was the only message that was coming from the Lord uh, then I'm done for but Chronicles has got a, a, a different message to it it reminds us of the sovereign deliverance of God and I'm reminded there that in Romans 5.20 Paul says oh thank God for these words that where sin abounds what? grace abounds all the more do you, do you get that? where sin is great grace is greater when you think you've been the chiefest of sinners as Paul says he was chiefest of sinners God's grace was more abundant you can't out sin the grace of God now hang on that's not a license to do things wrong I've heard these words it's the backstop You didn't think you'd get Brexit this morning, did you? No. 
where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Great news for sinners like you and me. So let's look at this story. Eight, the the first book of Chronicles is eight chapters of genealogy. And I'm going to read it to you now. (laughs) Eight chapters. And do you know, it's really tempting to skim over passages like that. But when I went to Spurgeon's Bible College, and Pastor Steve went to my Bible College as well, I didn't go to his, he came to mine. Our principal said, if you're going to minister the Word of God, you should at least have read it all the way through at least once. And we read it all the way through. Even these horrible, difficult passages, well they're not horrible, they're just difficult. They're words that we're not used to. So-and-so begat so-and-so, was the father of so-and-so, and these are the sons of so-and-so. And we go through, we get into chapter 4, we get to verses 9, oh. Do you know, if diamonds laid on the ground, you could just go, oh there's a great big diamond. They'd be worthless, wouldn't they? But you have to mine for them. You have to prospect for gold. You have to dig for opals and diamonds and uh, and the treasures that are deep in the earth. Do you know, people have even lost their lives looking for these expensive gems. I'm reminded of the merchant in one of the parallel, I can't say it, in one of the stories of Jesus about the pearl of greatest worth and when he'd found the pearl of greatest worth he sold everything he had in order to purchase it the man looking for treasure in a field and after he'd found it he buried it again and he went and he bought the field in order that in buying the field he might own the treasure that's in that field that's a little bit deceitful that one isn't it never thought of that There's two verses of treasure in those eight chapters of genealogy. And it's the story of Yabet. It says, oh, you read it to us, Yabet was more honourable. I love that. He's more honourable than, now you want to remember that as we go through it, more honourable than his brothers. His mother called his name Yabet because... I bore him in pain. Yabetz called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him his request. Yabetz literally means he causes pain. What? His mum called him that. Come here, you little pain, and clean your room out. That's literally what it would be. Pain. He caused a pain when she gave birth to him. Oh, you little pain, you're late home from school, where have you been? Come and eat your dinner, you little pain. And you get in it. Imagine growing up with that name. Well, oh, maybe I did. You naughty boy. 
Do you know, is every parent's privilege to bless their child or to gift their child with a name? And those names that we give to our children quite often convey blessing, they convey hope, they convey aspiration, character, uh, the child's heritage. How many of you, uh, when you were having your children, went out and bought a baby names book? Oh, you did. And we had four children. We bought four books. I can't believe we bought four books. <laughs> books of names and what do they mean? We called our children these names. Danielle Hope. Daniel, let the Lord be your judge and let your hope be in the Lord. That's why we named Danielle that name. Joel. Joel, that you might grow up to be a man of the Spirit. For the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord upon you from the day of your birth for all eternity. Isaac, you were the son of promise and you brought laughter and joy. Well, the name means laughter, really, because Sarah laughed at the promise of God. And the twin born with a liver tumour who the doctor said would not live. Elisha. God is my salvation. But more than that, in the stories of Elijah and Elisha, Elisha was going to receive a double portion of God's anointing and blessing. And we knew if ever there was a child that needed it, it would be him. I took him to Israel last year and baptised him in the River Jordan. What a privilege to baptise your own son. I thought about this passage with Yabetz's mum not really blessing her son but cursing her son with a name because of the pain she felt out of bitterness of heart I guess she called him pain but in um, his genealogy I looked at the five names at the start of his genealogy to see if that was just a trait that was going on and we find Perez which means breakthrough. How many people need a breakthrough in a situation today? Wouldn't it be great to be called the child of the breakthrough? Hey, you break through the, the walls that stand before you by the power of God. Perez means breakthrough. Then there's Hezron. It means dart of joy. There's something of rejoicing in that name. Kami. My vineyard. It speaks of fruitfulness, doesn't it? Her, I'm not too sure about her. H-U-R. Means like a viper. And then there's Shabal. It's like an it's ear of corn, his name means. Again, speaking of fruitfulness and plenty. And then comes Jabez, your little pain. Born <laughs> under a curse. You know, we don't live in isolation, do we? We are products of all that is going on around us. I'm going to present two people to you. 
one grows up and his parents have thought about a name or him or her and blessed them with a name a name which conveys love a name which conveys belonging a blessing, maybe even pride and as that person walks through life those around them, their loved ones praise and celebrate every glimpse of success in their life well done I'm so proud of you you did really well there you might not have got it right this time but I know you're able to if you keep trying and then there's another child they've not really thought about his name he's been named after Ken Barlow because his mum liked Ken on Coronation Street and he's grown up and everything he's done his teachers and his mum have said you could do better than that oh, don't, when we go out walk behind me because you're an embarrassment to me you've let me down here's your school report you absolute bird brain you're not going to make anything of your life which one of those people uh, is more likely to grow up and reach their full potential in life the one that's grown up with such love and encouragement the label, now I talked to you about this before and I'm not going to label this much longer than I need to this one. but the one that has grown up with labels of encouragement of support, of love and blessing is more likely to thrive than the one that no matter how hard they strive to please and appease everybody says to them it's just not good enough you'd never make anything of yourself if you'd carry on like that how many of us at school got that report I used to dread the school report for me school wasn't about academic things it was a social time to be with my mates I'm afraid that's the kind of boy that I was I really regret that now if you could turn back the clock and do things differently I would approach my school years in a whole different way I think I've still got a red buttock where the PE teacher used to hit me with that slipper every PE lesson you could do better than that we grow up and we begin to accept those labels and they crush us today is I'm going to encourage you today don't own them anymore it's not up to anybody to put a label on you that would crush, crush you or prevent you from reaching your full potential and that is just what the name Yupens would have done to that young man I am convinced of it if anybody had the right to grow up with a chip on his shoulder I think it was probably him and then the thing about him is his name is recorded in scripture and his mum calls him pain 
but God has the Holy Spirit inspire the writer of Chronicles when you get to your bets can you write this whispering in the ear of the writer write that your bets was more honourable than his brother's why? because what God sees is completely different to what we see in people what about if you've grown up uh, with those words uh, that have restricted you but God looks at you and says that's not what I see I see one that I delight in I see one that I love unconditionally I see song, uh, one that I sing songs of rejoicing over you're the apple of my, you're the apple of my eye even die for you will you accept my love will you walk with me will you throw off everything that hinders oh and the sin that so easily entangles will you fix your eyes on Jesus because I want to transform you that you might be conformed more and more to his likeness and I'm going to do that with you what was Jabez's response to living under this curse it had to be good because God said he was more honourable than his brothers here's the key he could have accepted it lived a life that didn't reach full potential lived with hurt in it do you know what I found out about abuse is and I'm not talking about any particular kind of abuse just abuse in all its forms it has a horrible way of continuing from one generation to another you've suffered abuse and it seems that somehow it carries on I want to encourage us today to be a people that draw a line in the sand and say no more it stops with this generation and I will walk in the blessing and the favour of God why? because Jabez was more honourable than his brothers because he turned from the uh, he turned his attention uh, from the label of pain the label of abuse the label of restriction that was placed upon him the bitterness from his mother's heart and he looked to the Lord our God and he cried out oh that you would bless me indeed I love that word indeed it means he's serious it doesn't just mean would you bless me he said oh God would you bless me indeed you know there was one that wrestled with God and he wrestled all night and daylight came remember this story was it Jacob wrestled with God and the morning came and he wouldn't let go God was wanting to can you imagine this and he's got a hold of the angel of the Lord I, I think that's God in that story I said I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me can you apprehend God today and say look in all the pain and the difficulty of my life today God I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me 
I said, that's an honourable thing, not a disrespectful thing to do, because it shows how desperate you are for God. I won't let go of you until you bless me. But be warned, when you've wrestled with God, you're changed. You bear the mark of it in your body one way or another. Uh, Jacob's hip was wrenched out of socket so he would let go of God. I don't suppose he limped for the rest of his life, but he was prepared to go through the pain in order to hold on to God until he attained that blessing. You see, Jabez, 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 whatever you want to call him, Brian (laughs) says, I'm not accepting the curse any longer. And Lord, I know that your blessing destroys the curse. Oh, that is wonderful. Because he was that side of the cross and hadn't seen the work of Christ. We're this side of the cross. The cross has happened. Christ has died. Christ has been buried. And Christ has been risen again. And all of your sin and my sin that was heaped into his body on that cross was buried in the grave. Never for us to bear or to be seen again. And I think any curse that might have been placed upon us is gone. It is broken. It's destroyed in the power of Jesus' name and through the shedding of your blood of, of his blood I've written here are you under the curse of a name a label a situation a spiritual attack then start calling out to God oh Lord that you would bring me under your blessing Amen and when you pray it speak it out aloud in fact don't just Speak it out aloud. Maybe you need to shout it out aloud. Maybe you need to declare it. Maybe you need to proclaim it. I'm no longer under the curse. I'm under blessing. Amen? Do you know that? That you've been moved from a kingdom of darkness and curse and brought into the kingdom of light of the Son of His love. That's where you are. That is where we are. Oh, thank God for Jabez. Look, he says, will you enlarge my territory also, Lord? There the word literally means border. I think he's saying, uh, not only will you bless me, but will you remove everything that's constrained me in my life so far? Will you break the chains that bind me? Will you loose me? Will you set me free? Let your hand be with me, O Lord. Is that the same as blessing? No, I think when he's asking for the blessing, he's asking for the favour and the promises of God. When he asks for God's hand to be with him, I think he's praying to be endured with power from on high and in our modern evangelical and charismatic churches in the 20th century I think it is that we might be a people who are baptised in the Holy Ghost do you know if ever there were a people that were talking of being baptised in the Holy Ghost should it not be Baptists? hey 
through the water and the Spirit. You know? No, I won't go there. Stay positive. Paul prayed, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. (gasps) And that's it! You see, let your hand be with me, Lord. Let your power be with me. That power which Paul prays for all saints which is the same the same power God exerted when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead that power can be at work in you oh come on no, really, that's that, that, you know, that power can be at work in you. I really thought there'd be a spontaneous amen there. It's too late. <laughs> no, really, it is for you who believe. Paul's prayed it for you. Jabez is asking for it. Well, he is asking for it. But, uh, do you want that power? Do you want that blessing? Do you want those chains that bind to be removed? Do you, amen. Do you know, I, I took a group to Kolkata in India. I've been several times now. But the first time I went, I realised, as I sat in the BMS hostel, as we'd arrived in at the airport, we were dog tired. And we were going to go out early the next morning. And I said, before you go to bed, we're going to pray. And we prayed around the table at this, in, at this beautiful compound in Kolkata in total culture shock because outside the gates it's not the same as inside the compound and we knew tomorrow and I knew tomorrow I'm going to take these 17 year olds out amongst the people who lived in the slums of Calcutta and I suddenly thought whatever have I done I was petrified and we set ourselves to pray and as we prayed three of us at the same time saw him an angel appeared and he just said to us I've been sent and the people that you go to I will break the chains that bind them we weren't scared to go out there we couldn't wait to go out after we shared that with each other and the fact that three of us had seen that at the same time we knew that it wasn't one of us making it up just to encourage the group what if God is still a chain breaker I know he is I know he is this next bit I'm I'm conscious of the time I I, I promise you I'm nearly there not a preacher's nearly there I promise you I'm nearly there he says keep me from evil oh doesn't that sound like something Jesus taught us to pray deliver us from evil. Keep
keep me from temptation, deliver me from evil. You see, Jesus said when you pray, don't ask to be strengthened when you get into an evil place. Pray God will keep you from evil. It's different. Not for strength to fight when you're in the midst of it, but God keep me from all that is evil. Jabez is asking the very same thing. Why? Because his final words, this lad who grew up under the title of you little pain, has taken his eyes off the curse and looked to God, made a request and God said, oh, you're honourable, Jabez. I could have that recorded in scripture. So all generations will know that. Why did Jabez ask these things? Because I don't want to cause any more pain. That's him drawing a line in the sand. That's him saying that this generational curse is going to end here. Mother, I might have been a pain to you, but God is my portion and my stay. And I will not cause pain to anybody the way that you have caused pain to me. I am set free by the power of my God. And he draws a line in the sand. And he lives a life, an honourable life, that doesn't cause pain to those around him. It was simple for us to fall into that trap, you know. I'm not thinking of abuse now. Have you heard these stories? Oh, my great-grandfather had coronary heart disease and he died when he was 12. Oh, no, that can't be right. <laughs> my father, my, my grandfather had coronary heart disease and he died when he was young. And my dad had coronary heart disease and he died when he was young. I'm bound to get it. Have you heard that? How many of you have done it? We don't have to accept it. You know, we might get it, we might not. I'm not going to say you can stop it happening. But we don't have to say, I'm going to live under that. Set me free, Lord, just to live the days that you have written for me in your book on the day of my conception. You know my days, they're numbered. Just keep me under your blessing. Let your hand be for me. Let your power, that, let the power that raised Christ Jesus uh, be uh, exerted towards me, Lord, that I might be kept in all your ways. And can you give me a Teflon coating? Because I want all those horrible labels that people have stuck on me to fall off. Because from now on, I want to be non-stick as far as <laughs> this world goes. Yeah? God granted Jabez's request. God sees it as honourable when you consider your estate. He sees it as honourable when you turn from things which curse and limit and you lift up your head and you look to him. He sees it as honourable when you call out to him because you know only he can deliver you. He sees it as honourable when you reject the continuation of evil or pain or curse beyond your generation. 
He sees it as honourable when you stand up and declare this far and no further. It stops right here. Hebrews 12 says, and I think I've read this to you already, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus. Let's just fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the one. Do you know, I think I'll, I'm sure I've told this, he's the one that's really going to name us. Revelation. He's got a new name for us. It's written on a white stone. And nobody knows it yet until it's given to us. I can't wait to be called Alfred. (laughs) I wonder what those names will be. I'm sure there won't be names of cursing. I'm sure they'll be beloved. Redeemed. Gracious one, forgiven one, delivered, restored one. That's my God. Do you, know, we're gonna, do you want to come? Um, we need to sing a closing song. But as you come, I, I'm going to just tell you some words. And then if you want to, I'm going to ask you to stand and repeat those words with me. But you need to know what I'm going to ask you to say. I'm going to ask you in a minute to stand if you feel you need to do this this morning and the words I'm going to ask you to say are these I make my decision I stake my claim I draw a line in the sand and I'm not ashamed let the world be behind me and the cross before me today I'm walking out of the curse and I'm walking into God's blessing his deliverance and his freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, if you need to stand and say that, let's do that together right now. I'll give you two seconds. If you can't stand, you might just want to put your hand up. Then let's say it with me. I make my decision. I stake my claim. I draw a line in the sand. I'm not ashamed. Let the world be behind me and the cross before me. I walk out of curse and I walk into blessing, deliverance and freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And Father God, I pray. Yes, you give him a round of applause. But bind us and set us free to walk with you. Amen. 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 Well done. Now, 